Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Be sure to tune in to whatever Bethesda Church is doing on our website, BethesdaChurch.tv, or check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Now, let's jump into today's message. as a church, so honored that you have tuned in today. Make sure you throw up some hearts, share this. So excited to see you guys and even more excited about us gathering real soon. We miss you guys and we want you to know that we are preparing diligently uh, to provide an atmosphere and an experience where your spiritual life can be impacted, but also the safest possible place you could go to Uh, We'll be right here at Bethesda Church. We look forward to seeing you real soon. Well, today we are starting a brand new series entitled Rooted. Now, the goal of this series is gonna be a little bit different than other series that we have done. Uh, Often the goal of a series is to tackle a specific issue or unlock, unpack a specific um, set of scriptures. But in this series, what I wanna do is I wanna help you see your faith through a different lens. I wanna say that again. I wanna help you see your faith through a different lens. Many times I believe that we are seeing our faith through a lens that is too narrow. It's kinda like on those mornings you uh, leave your house and it's um, right after a heavy frost. You have a couple of options. You can start the car up, let it warm up a minute or two um, to give you a lens just big enough to start your journey, or you can take the time to let your car warm up maybe five or 10 minutes so that you can have a bigger lens to start your journey. And so as we talk about seeing your faith through a larger lens, I, I wanna help you magnify that lens in this series, and I wanna do it by talking to you through the lens of agriculture. Now, I know some of you are thinking right now, wow, this ought to be real exciting, agriculture. Here's here's what I'm asking of you. If you will lean in to this message and this series, I promise you, you will not only have more of a respect for agriculture, but the lens of your faith will, will begin to magnify and become a whole lot bigger and I believe that it can change your life in a, in a powerful way. I wanna call this first message of the series, I wanna call it very simply, stay planted. Right there where you are, your living room, your kitchen, uh, you may be in the bathroom, I don't know where you're at, uh, but I just want you to say that, that phrase out loud. Say it out loud, say stay planted. What a powerful concept that we get from scripture. Um, I don't know if you realize this or not, but God chose to reveal a huge portion about his nature and his kingdom through the lens of agriculture. Think about this. God could have chosen to allow the events of the Bible to unfold during the industrial revolution, the internet boom. There's a lot of different eras that God could have chosen, but he chose to reveal himself to people who understood farming, gardening and plant life. Now, this is, um, I believe, one of the reasons why we miss what God is doing in our lives. 
After all, we are not much of an agrarian culture. I mean, I don't plant broccoli, I order it. I, you don't uh, harvest potatoes, you microwave them. Nevertheless, some of the most significant moments in scripture have the lens of agriculture. Think about this. Almost every religious festival instituted by God through Moses, they were tied to the farming cycle. Some of Jesus's most famous teachings include the parable of the soil, faith like a mustard seed, and the fruitless fig tree. Even some of the most pivotal moments of all of scripture, we, we see that sin entered into the world in a garden. We see that Jesus surrendered his will in a garden. The first place that people encountered the resurrected Christ was in a garden. Now this may blow your mind, but I want you to understand this truth. God first revealed himself as a gardener, as a gardener. In Genesis chapter two, verse number eight, it says, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. So God created this beautiful garden, placed man in it, and he struck up a partnership with Adam in the garden, and they specialized in tree trimming and snake removal. Just kidding about that. But they did have a partnership, and it took place in a garden. And so I wanna show you uh, a couple of things, actually three things that it, this reveals to us. Um, and I want you to write these down because I think it will help you broaden your lens and see your faith differently. But all of this shows us that God loves, this is the first thing, God loves development. He loves development. Um, we got three um, pots over here, one with just dirt, one um, that is just beginning to sprout, and one that is fully developed. And the first point that I want you to see today is that God loves development. Now, the truth is, I'm not a gardener. I, I don't enjoy gardening. Um, there is nothing about the process of gardening that I enjoy. I don't care about planting a seed, watering a seed, uh, you know, fertilizing a seed. I, you know, I'm not even excited um, when a sprout pops up. Like, none of this, like, you know, makes me excited or pumped up. Nothing about it excites me because at the end of the day, what I like is the payoff. I don't so much like the process, I like the payoff. I'm, I, I'm not worried about planting the seed, watering the seed. I'm not, not worried about this process at all. I just want the end result. Now, chances are you're probably wired a lot like I am where you just want the end result. Um, I love the payoff, but God loves the process. I wanna say that again. I love the payoff, but God loves the process. God loves every small step of faith 
in your life. He loves watching you learn a simple spiritual truth for the very first time. God loves when you take your first baby steps of faith. God loves when you make small choices to uphold your integrity when everybody else is choosing something different. I love the destination, but God loves the development. Now this shows me a couple of things. The first thing it shows me is very challenging. And the reason it's challenging is because if I'm not much further along than when Christ first entered my life, God isn't having his way in my life, all right? Now, the second thing it shows me is, is a little more comforting. It, it, it tells me that God is still working on me, that I'm not finished yet. I'm getting better every single day as I take those small steps that may see, seem insignificant to me, but God enjoys the process. He enjoys the development phase. So number one, God loves development. Number two, God loves dependence. He loves dependence. Um, this first vase, it, it speaks of the development it's the beginning. We gotta plant the seed. We gotta cover the seed. We, we gotta water it, all of that. But this sprout that's popping up, that, that's the second phase which speaks to us about God loves dependence. You see, a plant at this level is completely dependent on me to, for it to survive, like for, for me to nourish it. But it's also dependent on sunlight. It's dependent on the soil for the nutrients. It is completely dependent. And I want you to know today that God loves dependence. This is why God is referred to in scripture and is seen as a gardener, not a zookeeper. And, and, and that's a powerful statement because some of y'all Let's just be honest. Now, I won't go there. He's not a zookeeper, but he is a gardener. And, and this is so, so cool because in culture, as you mature, you become more independent. But in God's kingdom, as you mature, you become more dependent. In culture, I trust my abilities and my wisdom. But in God's kingdom, I trust God's ability and God's wisdom more than my own. Now, a very cool verse in John chapter 15, verse number five, it, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I, I wanna hone in on, on a little phrase in that script, scripture right here. He says that if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Now, I used to read that, that verse as bearing fruit means to produce fruit. Um, but it's not what it means. The word bear does not mean to produce. The word bear means to carry. Jesus produces the fruit you and I are called to carry the fruit. Why is that, Pastor Chad? So that people can taste and see that the Lord is good. Not that you are good, but that the Lord is good. He produces it, I carry it. The word nothing is a, a, a compound of two words, no thing. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do no thing. Uh, Philippians 4.13 says that I can do 
all things through Christ who strengthens me. So without Jesus, I can do nothing, no thing, but in Christ, I can do all things. And I love this because what it tells me is that I don't focus on doing things, I focus on being in Christ. I hope you got that. I don't focus on doing things, I focus on being in Christ. I don't focus on being a better husband, I focus on being in Christ. And the more in Christ I become, the better husband I'll become. I don't have to focus on being a better dad. I gotta focus on being in Christ. And the more I lean into Christ, the better dad I'll be. I don't even have to focus on being a better pastor. If I will focus on being in Christ, I'll become a better pastor. Why? Jesus produces the fruit. All I have to do is carry it. And, and the key to all of that is staying planted, staying planted. So let me ask you today, what is it that you are trying to do through you instead of through Christ? What are you trying to do through your own strength instead of doing it through Christ? So we've learned that God loves development. He loves this. We're not crazy about it, but he likes it. Um, God loves dependence. We understand that, that as we depend on him, that, that's something God enjoys. But this third stage, this speaks of a third thing that God loves. And that is, you need to write it down, God loves multiplication. He loves multiplication. God loves development, he loves dependence, but he also loves watching a single seed multiply. He loves that an apple can become an orchard. God loves that an acorn becomes a forest. The seed of faith in you produces a lifetime of fruit through you. God loves all of that. And so we need to know today that when God grows you, he has more than you in mind. He has more than you in mind. You are blessed to be a blessing. He, he forgave you so that you could forgive others. He saved you so that you could serve others. As a matter of fact, the first instruction that God gave to man was to be fruitful and to multiply. That's Genesis chapter one, verse 28. What does that, this mean for you and me? Here's what it means. If your life is not impacting someone else's life, you haven't become what God designed you to be. If your life is not impacting someone else's life, you have not become what God has designed for you to be. And, and some of you, you just need to understand today that your faith is not broken. It just needs to be developed. Some of us, every person has been given a measure of faith, but it is our responsibility to grow that faith. Some of us, we think because of disappointing seasons that we've gone through, that some, for some reason we think that has broken our faith. Your faith is not broken, your faith just needs to be developed. And we do that through depending on Christ and allowing him to produce fruit in our lives. Pastor Tommy Barnett, he's over 80 years old, um, and he has impacted so many lives. He has multiplied all that God has given him. He's over 80 years old, and he's still pastoring, and uh, he took just a couple hundred people in a church, and he grew this church to over 10,000 people. And as a leader, he has trained pastors all around the world. At age 60, I want you to hear me, at age 60, he founded the LA Dream Center, 
which helps restore 50,000 broken people per month. Not per year, per month. He did that in his 60s. And so he was asked one time, he, he was asked, Pastor Tommy, what advice would you tell someone who wants to make a great impact? What would you attribute the fruitfulness of your life to? I mean, what, can you speak to that, Pastor Tommy? And without hesitation, Pastor Tommy said, I didn't quit, I just stayed with it. It wasn't about talent, it wasn't about luck, it was about staying planted. Staying planted. I want you to say that word wherever you are right now. I want you to say it out loud again, stay planted. This is so significant because sometimes we're trying to do great things and, and the, the, the truth is we can never do great things until we are first planted. You gotta be planted. So he attributed all this success, all this ministry, all these lives, thousands of people that have been impacted by what he does, not to talent, not to gifting, not to ability, but by his willingness to stay planted and not quit. Here's what I know. God is doing one of these things in your life. He's either developing you, teaching you to depend on him, or he's multiplying your fruitfulness. But I want you to understand something. It doesn't matter if you are in this stage, this stage, or this stage. Doesn't matter. The key to that process, that process being fulfilled in your life is your ability to stay planted, your willingness to stay planted. See, God, God is always trying to do something in our lives, but sometimes we uproot ourselves and we miss out on what God is doing. And so I want you to write this down. The first key to your faith reaching its full potential is choosing to stay planted. I want you to, to get choosing to stay planted. This is a choice that you have to make. There will always be a temptation to uproot our lives, to make a decision that would transplant us, but we have to choose to stay planted. We have to make a continual decision to stay planted. Look at Psalm chapter 92, verses 13 and 14. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age, they shall be fresh and flourishing. I like this because if I stay planted, not only will I bear fruit, not, not only will God produce fruit in my life, but that will continue to happen even in my old age. In my old age, I'm gonna bear fruit. In my old age, I'll still be fresh and flourishing. See, the problem is, instead of staying planted, we, in our culture, we, we don't demonstrate, most of the time, staying power, the ability to, to stay planted. We don't demonstrate that. Uh, in our culture, if you don't like your marriage, you leave it. If you don't like your job, you quit. If you don't like the situation, you, you pull out. If you get mad at your church, guess what? You find another one. And, and so we don't have a lot of staying power. The problem is that you do not produce fruit until you have first stayed planted. So in order to produce fruit, you have to plant your faith. You have to plant your faith. Can I tell you why so many people are not where they want to be? 
It's because they keep transplanting their lives. They uproot themselves and start over, and they uproot themselves and they start over, and they uproot themselves and they start over, and they wonder why they don't have the fruit that they desire. They try church, but things get busy. They, they dabble in the Bible, and then they become bored. They serve for a little while, but as you know, serving is not always convenient, and so we stop serving. So they pull themselves up, they transplant themselves back into their old life, and they work on another goal that is not helping them. And every time they do this, their roots are stunted, and their potential is lessened. It's common to hear people talk about this. I'm sure you've heard this before. People will say, I love God, I just don't like church. You hear that all the time. And, and I get where they're coming from. They've had a bad experience in church. And so they say things like, I love the Lord, I just, I don't wanna have anything to do with church. And I've had bad experiences in church. I mean, my goodness, you ought to try pastoring. Uh, I won't even go there, that's a whole nother sermon. Um, but, but we've all had a bad experience in church. Every one of us, we've had a bad experience. Um, but we shouldn't let that keep us from becoming a functional member of God's family. I've had, I've had terrible experiences, not only in church, I've had terrible experiences at the airport. I've had terrible experiences at restaurants, at movie theater. There's all kinds of places I've had bad experiences. But not one time did I say when I had a bad experience at an airport, you know, I, I left the airport and said, I'll never darken the door of another airport again. I'll never eat at another restaurant again. I'll never go to another movie again. Like we, we don't say that with anything else except church. I wonder why that is. Could it be that Satan knows something you don't? Satan knows the power of you being planted. He knows what happens when the people of God are planted in a soil that is rich and vibrant and full of life. I'm a little biased, but I'm think, I thank God for Bethesda Church. I, I thank God that the soil here produces opportunities for people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I'm excited about life change that's taking place every single week here at Bethesda Church, and I, I can see the importance of being planted. I've never said I'll never attend another restaurant or another movie theater or another airport because of one bad experience. The thing we have to understand is that God and the church are a package deal. I hope you got that. God and the church are a package deal. You gotta stay planted. The church is the family of God. The local church makes up one of the clans, one of the tribes that is a part of God's family. And let me say this, just like our natural families, churches fall somewhere on a sliding scale between healthy and dysfunctional. I mean, let's just face it, as long as it's made up of people, there's gonna be dysfunction, there's gonna be good things, there's gonna be bad things, there's gonna be ugly. It's a lot like your family. You know it, you may not wanna say it out loud, but your family's got dysfunction running through it. Every family does. We have to understand that the church is no different, it's made up of people. And, and so we're on a sliding scale somewhere between dysfunctional and being healthy. And the church was not our idea, the church was God's idea. 
And it's taken on various forms and different expressions throughout the ages. And like any institution made up of imperfect people, it is susceptible to corruption. But the church still remains as God's plan A. There is no plan B. The church is God's plan A. There is no plan B. We're all God's God. That's the church. And that includes broken people, dysfunctional people. And that's okay because we've all been there. Some of us, we, even today, you're like, yep, I'm dysfunctional. But you may be, but you're still a part of God's family. And my, my message to you is to get planted so that God can develop you teach you dependence, and then begin to multiply fruitfulness in your life. When I look at my life, my parents were, were incredible parents. They modeled what following Jesus looked like. I mean, they, they did a great job in doing that, but I didn't have a ton of mentors who were just pouring into me, senseis or anything like that. I didn't have any Jedi Knights you know, speaking into my life every single day. But here's what I've learned over looking back over my life. As I got planted in the house of God, I learned how to follow Jesus. As I got planted in the house of God, I learned how to date, how to be a husband, how to become a dad, how to process leadership skills and develop leadership skills. I didn't learn that because I had a mentor who pulled me off to the side and poured into me. I learned those things by being planted in the house house of God. If you will plant yourself, you will become a better businessman, a better wife, a better husband, a better mother, a better dad, a better leader. Like whatever it is you put your hands to, if you are planted in the house of God, God will begin multiplying fruitfulness in your life. I want to tell you that some people are quick to say, I got hurt in church. And so therefore, I, I don't want to connect again. I don't want to be involved again. And I want to tell you, the risk of life in isolation is much greater and more dangerous than the risk of relationship again. I hope you got that. The cool thing about God is that God doesn't just plant you. God, God doesn't just plant you and then leave you and come back later to see if you've developed anything. That's not what God does. God stays with us throughout the entire process. God stays with us on the good days and the bad days. God stays with us when the wind blows and the storm comes. God is there in every season of our life. He's there when we're just getting started and we're just planting the right seeds. He's there when we're learning dependence on him. He's there when our fruitfulness is being multiplied. God stays with us in every single season of our life. Significant growth is only found in staying planted, significant growth. So that means I have to learn to stay when it's not convenient. I have to learn how to stay when there seems to be no progress. I, I have to learn how to stay in spite of difficulty. That's when God, when I, when I, have, when I can demonstrate staying power, the ability to stay planted no matter what comes, that's when God looks down and says, I can do something with that. I can work with that. 
And so I wanna leave you at the end of this message, the close of it, I wanna leave you with three big takeaways today. Three big takeaways. The first is this, where you are planted determines what you take in. Where you are planted determines what you take in. We have to stay planted. See, the roots of a tree take in whatever is in the soil. The tree's growth potential is tied to its intake. And, and I, want, I want you to grasp this, I want you to get a hold of it. Your attention serves as the roots of your life. Your attention serves as the roots of your life. Whatever dominates your attention grows. If the news has your attention, fear is growing. If comparison has your attention, discontentment is growing. If, if what they did to you has your attention, resentment is growing. If your to-do list has your attention, stress is, is growing. My point is, is that if you can control your attention, you can grow your faith. Sometimes we just have to shut our eyes and listen to the voice of God. After all, faith comes by hearing. Not seeing, but by hearing the word of God. You gotta stop looking at your debt and plant yourself in God's promise of provision. Stop looking at the diagnosis and plant yourself in God's promise of healing. Stop looking at all the disappointment in your life and plant yourself in God's promise that he is working all things together for your good. That's why the Apostle Paul told us in Philippians that we ought to think on these things, and he gives us eight things that we should think about. I won't read those to you, but you ought to go and read those on your own time in Philippians chapter four. He talks about thinking about things that are noble and trustworthy and uh, praiseworthy and, and, and good things, that our attention is connected to our ability to grow our faith. Some of you simply need to fertilize your faith. You may say, well, how, how in the world do I fertilize my faith? There's three simple ways. One's worship. Worship is fertilizer. Worship is based on what God has done in your life. Even if your season right now is bad, if you can somehow praise him for the good, I promise you it will fertilize your faith. The Bible is a second area that will fertilize your faith. Just getting into the word of God and then also declaring. When I declare the promises of God over my life, I am now fertilizing my faith. So where you are planted determines what you take in. Secondly, where you are planted determines who you are connected to. I want you to say it out loud wherever you are right now again. Just say that phrase, stay planted. Stay planted. I want you to know something. This is gonna be a little strong but I want you to get this. The Bible doesn't say those who attend the house of the Lord. The Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Big difference between attending and being planted. What I'm teaching you today is not about you attending a service. You can never become all that God wants you to be just by attending. God says we have to be planted. Some of you, when we get back from this quarantine, 
It, this is your opportunity to say, you know what, I'm not just going to sit on the sidelines any longer and, and wonder why I'm not producing the fruit that I want to produce. But when you come back, you, you need to come back with, with a mindset that says, I'm going to plant myself in the house of God. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a root system that makes me stronger. You and I were not designed to casually connect we are designed for deep community in God's family. People who stay on the fringe of church life are easily uprooted. Now, one of the places I've never been to, and it's on my bucket list, but I want to go to California one day. And it's probably not to the places you would think. Some of you are thinking like Malibu, Beverly Hills, Los Angeles, you know, all that. No, I, I want to go see the big redwood trees. I've never got, never got to go but it, it's, a, it's a bucket list item. I wanna go see the redwoods. And the reason I wanna go see those trees, and you've probably seen pictures of them, maybe you've read about them, but those trees grow to be 275 feet tall. Some of them are 25 feet in diameter. And, and the crazy thing about the redwood that separates it from other trees is, is this. You would think that a tree that could grow that tall must have really, really deep roots. The opposite is actually true. They actually don't, they, they, their root system does not grow down. They only go down approximately 10 feet. But what they do do is they spread wide. And, 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 and the point is, is that their root system intermingles, intertwines with the root system of all the redwoods in the forest. So when the wind comes, those trees never fall down, hardly ever fall down. And the reason is not because the root system is deep, it's because the root system is wide. And when the wind blows, it's not blowing against a tree, it's blowing against the entire forest. I want to tell you that if you will get planted in the house of God and experience true community, it's not about how deep your roots go, but as your roots widen out and you get connected to other people as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another man, you may not be able to face cancer alone. Cancer may de defeat you, but it cannot defeat us. Debt may cripple you, but debt will not cripple us. And addiction may suppress you if you're by yourself, but it will Will not suppress all of us. I want to tell you, you got to get planted in the house of God. Let a root system begin to flow, not just down, but let it get wide. Develop some relationships so that when the storms of life come against you, it's not blowing against you, baby. It's blowing against everybody you're connected to. And I promise you that if you get connected, you will stand in spite of the storm. You ought to take a praise break in your house right there. That's, that's what I'm, I'm getting at in this series. You cannot develop that kind of faith by yourself. It's not gonna happen by yourself. I am so thankful for the relationships that I have. I'm thankful for the relationships I have, other pastors that are pouring into me. I'm thankful for the relationship I have with my team here at Bethesda Church. I am thankful for the people that I'm connected to because when life storms come, it's not coming against just me but it's, becoming, it's coming against everybody I'm connected to. God designed you to intertwine with his family. The deeper your community, the more guaranteed your victory. I, that's worth repeating. 
The deeper your community, the more guaranteed your victory. Where you are planted determines what you take in. Where you are planted determines who you are connected to. Last takeaway of the day. Where you are planted determines how fruitful you are. Determines how fruitful you are. Psalm chapter 92, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. We read the names uh, of those trees and we don't think much of them. We read about a palm tree and we read about the cedar in, in Lebanon. And we can just, you know, read right over that. But they have unique characteristics. The palm trees were common and and, and various parts were used to make baskets and to help them in everyday life. And the cedars of Lebanon were famous for, their, for its exceptionally good wood, so superior that King Solomon imported the, the cedars of Lebanon to build the temple in Jerusalem. Now, this tree was chosen, uh, and the material of, of the tree was chosen to build a place for people to experience God's presence. When you stay planted, you become the place where people experience God's presence. You become the reason that kids in a classroom experience God's presence. You become the reason why the people at your office experience God's presence. You become the reason your neighbor experiences God's love. Your, your life is so much more fruitful by being planted in the house of God. I wanna close by being abundantly clear. Most of the time when we hear a sermon like this, we say things like, I, I need to do that. You know, I need to do what Pastor Chad said. I need to try harder. I need to make a change. I, you know, I need to dig it out. I need to plant myself. I need to water it myself. I need to bear the fruit. And we go on and on and on and on about all these things we need to do. But that isn't true, and I want to show you. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says this. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. I want you to catch this last point. You don't have to push yourself, you have to plant yourself. Some of us, the reason we're not producing fruit is because it's all in our own strength, it's all about working harder, trying harder, pushing harder, but I, I'm telling you, you don't have to push yourself, you have to plant yourself. When I plant myself, fruit is a byproduct. This plant, if it's truly planted, it doesn't have to try to do anything. As long as it remains planted and it's not uprooted, guess what? This is a natural progression. It's a natural progression. Some of you are trying, 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 and you don't feel like anything's changing. Could it be that you've been pushing yourself when God is simply asking you to plant yourself? I wanna pray for you today that God would give you the ability, the willingness to be able to choose to stay planted.
When I choose to stay planted, I flourish. I become fruitful. All we have to do, listen, if we're planted, all we have to do is show up. God will do the cultivating. I just have to choose to stay planted. So I wanna pray for you at home and then we're gonna pray for those that do not know Jesus as their savior. But I wanna pray for all those that already, that you already know Christ. But I, I just wanna pray that this message take root so that you can show up and allow God to do the cultivating. Father, I pray for your people right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every person, God, that is watching this message. And God, we truly, in our hearts, we want to stay planted. We know that if we stay planted, that fruitfulness is a byproduct. God, I pray that you would help your people understand today that they don't have to push themselves, they just have to stay planted. They just need to plant themselves. That the fruitfulness and the multiplication is a byproduct of us staying planted. I pray for every person, God, that has been uprooted, every person that has experienced church hurt, and have made statements of, I'll never be connected, I'm never getting close again, I pray that you would help them to understand that the risk of life in isolation is so much more dangerous than the risk of relationship again. Holy Spirit, I ask that you heal their heart, heal their mind, help them to make better choices moving forward to plant themselves so that you can do what you need to do in their lives, God. We know that you, we love the payoff, but God, you love the process. God, I ask that you develop us, teach us to depend on you, and God, we pray that you would multiply our fruitfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you're with me still right there. We're just praying that blessing into your life. Now I wanna pray for every person that's watching this message, and you would say today, Pastor Chad, that, that fruitfulness thing, it sounds great, but I don't even know Jesus. Well, to, the first step you gotta make is you gotta plant yourself in Christ, that's where it all starts. And so if that's you and you, you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, I, I, and you wanna pray this prayer with me, I, I pray that you would you let us know that you would text the word saved, all right? If you're ready to get saved, I want you to text the word saved to 304-396-0488, all right? Text saved to that. All you gotta do is pray this with me. Make sure that you text us and let us know but here's all you gotta do. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a savior. I can't save myself. Jesus, I ask you to save me. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I choose to be planted in your presence and in your house. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we celebrate with you today. Make sure that you text the word SAVE to 304-396-0488. We're gonna do one last worship song, and we pray that you would just turn your living room, your bedroom, your kitchen, got in, into a place of prayer, into a time of worship, and allow the Holy Spirit to do something amazing in your life. We love you. We look forward to seeing you real soon. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can go to BethesdaChurch.tv give. We'll catch you on the next episode, and we hope you have a great day.